Welcome to Babes Talking Business. Today we've got episode 30 and we have got the gorgeous Libby Crow on this show. She is a global mentor for business owners all around the world, helping them to grow their businesses and their minds. She's the founder of LC International, a marketing strategy company for digital consultants, and she's the co-founder of The Daily Shift, a personal development company for aspiring and accomplished entrepreneurs alike. She's dedicated to helping business owners see the journey as a bridge to raising the vibration of the planet and then later as a portal for giving back to the world. We just want to take this moment to say a big, massive thank you to the HealthStyle Emporium, our beautiful sponsors, an online 16-week holistic program for women where they dive into spiritual, nutritional, physical, emotional, and mental health to help you up-level and be the most inspired version of yourself. Make sure you go and check out www.thehsc.net to find out more about this gorgeous program. So without further ado, we are so incredibly excited to introduce to you the beautiful Libby Crow. Let's do this. Hey, beautiful woman. How are you? Woohoo! <laughs> Doing great. Excited to be here. So excited. For those who don't know, we've got the beautiful Libby Crow on the show today, and we're going to be talking about everything from business to behind the scenes in business. I know you've had a long journey, Libby, and so for maybe those who don't know, I know we've got a beautiful bio up, so they'll be able to read a little bit about you as well, but I might just read it for the people who are tuning in, because you're obviously on the other side of the world from us over in Australia, so you're over in the US. You're a global mentor for entrepreneurs, helping them grow their businesses and their minds. You're the founder of LC International, a marketing strategy company for digital consultants, and the co-founder of The Daily Shift, which is a personal development company for aspiring and accomplished entrepreneurs. You're dedicated to helping entrepreneurs see the journey as a bridge to raising the vibration of the planet and to be contributing to causes that obviously light them up and that they're passionate about. So where did that actually start? That's a really impressive bio, but where did the journey start for you and how long ago was that? Yeah, in kindergarten. Just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I had, I grew up in a small town in Wyoming, which is kind of in the middle of the U.S., and I there was no talk or jargon around entrepreneurship or any of this stuff. So, and and my parents weren't really, you know, entrepreneurs either. So, I followed the path that most people followed, which was go to school get a job, right? So I became an elementary teacher and all was well and fine. I was, you know, kind of trying to make ends meet uh, and love kids. So that was good. I was in my purpose in the way that I was got to be a kiddo every single day and be a child and have fun and laugh and, and be a leader. But uh, honestly, what drew me first to entrepreneurship when I found out that it was even a thing uh, through a friend was money. So people will say like, I just had this, this thing inside of me. I was like, no, I just wanted to not eat taquitos for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, I wanted to like start being more fancy. So I, so my friends like are making this money and I'm like, well, I want to get out of debt and pay off my student loans. I want to live in a neighborhood where there's not like drug use outside. Mm. Like this is scary, you know, little Miss Crow going to teach all these kiddos, like trying to get out of our neighborhood without getting shanked, you know, like <laughs> it was just like, I really wanted a different lifestyle at the beginning. And so she said, you know, I'm, I'm this wellness coach for this MLM. 
And I was like, I didn't even know what an MLM was. I was like, all right. So I joined it. I had so much fun. I became a wellness coach. I ended up within like six months being in the top 125 of all the coaches out of hundreds of thousands of coaches in this um, network marketing company. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm like making money and helping women and meeting new people. And I'm getting healthier uh, because, you know, I was like, going from college to teaching, I was under a lot of stress and wasn't taking that care of my body. So mm. I was learning a ton about wellness and all was well. And so I quit teaching and which was a bold move, right? Like mm. uh, people in my life didn't understand yet. I, I knew, you know what, if I can do this much in six months, part-time, like in between pee breaks as a teacher, <laughs> I can do this if I have a, a ton of time. So I left teaching. Everyone thought I was crazy. I was like, I'm doing this thing called an entrepreneur now. <laughs> They're like, what is that? You know, but I'm making new friends and I'm changing my mindset and I'm growing internally because you have to, to make it, you know, mm-hmm. to take action and to believe in yourself. And, and that transitioned into more of a, a life coaching company. And I left the network marketing company about a year after that, because I realized, Hey, I could package my own brand and create my own courses and workshops and retreats and programs. And I'm going to make more money probably off that, you know, depending on what you do and network marketing, whatever. But so I transitioned into that and that became really successful as well. And from there, people kept saying, can you be my business mentor? And I was like, no, that sounded dry and boring. Like I needed to wear a suit and be like, hello, all right, we are going to talk about your funnel. And I was like, no guys, and people kept saying, but I love the way you do business. It's so real. It's so authentic. Like it just feels like it's not pushy, you know, all the things. And I said, all right. So I started teaching some people what I was up to and that morphed into more of a mentorship role that I'm in now that I've been in for years where I get to help people grow their businesses strategically. And then like you mentioned in the bio, uh, my husband, Scott and I created a mindset company. He has a strategy company as well. So we came together with the sole project to help people with their mindset. So that's kind of, I mean, man, I call it a roller coaster without a seatbelt is what I've been on. And (laughs) it's been a journey. I'm so grateful where I'm at now. It's taken a lot of work and dedication and commitment and, uh, I mean, it's not a joke when people are like, I'm going to start a business. I'm like, Hallelujah and praise to you and namaste because you are entering a whole new world that's beautiful and amazing, but it, it does take, it's a different life, you know, and, it, and a different set of skills and intentions and priorities. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is being in it for about seven years and uh, being successful along the way with that achiever archetype that I got going on. It sounds like, I know you mentioned like you you had that belief in yourself from the get go. Like when you were doing your network marketing, even six months in while you're doing your own teaching, like you just backed yourself to make that jump. And like, you know what, if I can do this in six months, I could really do anything, but I had all the time in the world. And I know you're, you're mentoring a lot of women in business now as well. Do you find that you need to have that belief to be successful? Can that be something that can build or what advice would you give to women who maybe don't have that in them at the moment? Yeah, I think a lot of people have to see it to believe it. So they have to take a small action, see that it paid off or see that they're worthy or deserving or that it's working. And then they'll, it's almost like a micro step forward to the next bit of confidence or what have you. I think, 
I probably have more of an intrinsic confidence. I'm like, I know I'm cool. I have emotional intelligence, social intelligence. I'm a good person. I'm a hard worker like to my core, I just know myself. Mm. So I didn't have as much of like the fear that I think some people can have around putting themselves out there. I've always kind of been like just growing up. I was in every single activity you could be in, in school, you know, every sport, like I just kind of get my hands dirty. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have as much of the fear around confidence and believing in myself. Uh, but I think a lot of people do, especially when you have a personal brand and you're like, hi, this is my voice. This is my face. Ah, (laughs) please love me. So I think a lot of times people just micro steps can be huge because it's like, okay, I did that. And celebrating those. Like I, I think that, you know, don't celebrate yourself once you get this amount of money or serve this many people celebrate the fact that you woke up and you sent an email to your list. Like that's not too small. So I think that when you get on your own team, it's easier to believe in yourself because you're, you're in joy and you're in celebration the entire time and an acknowledgement the entire time. I think that's really important if you're having some fear and coming up some fear. I, I'm thinking about when was I really fearful? Shoot. I think back in the day when I first did Instagram stories, this was <laughs> yes. like how many years ago, right guys? I was so nervous. I always had to do my makeup. Yes. I was like always trying to like have a cute background. I always thought I had to have something genius to say. Now I'm like, you know, on a 12 hour flight with like my double chin. I'm like, guys, <laughs> airplanes are toxic or like, it's just something weird, you know? So I think it's just, it's a muscle that you work. Like here's fear. I'm going to go towards it. I'm mm. still alive. And if you do that so many times, all of a sudden these big things are small things. And you're like, yeah. I can't believe I was nervous about that. That's so silly, okay. but it's just, it's practicing that. So got to work that muscle. I love that. Oh, I really want to talk about your growth because you, I mean, You've built wealth fast, which is phenomenal. I mean, what you created in your network marketing company Mm -hmm. and then to create what you've created with your company now with your hubby, it's like, you know, a lot of people would have that wealth creation and usually sabotage it. That's what we see, a, a big pattern in people who do create such amazing success. I'd love to know your processes or your mindset around this? Like, did you have to go into like some hardcore, like saving modes? And like, did you have a mentor for that? How how did you build that wealth and then continuously have that abundance flowing to you without sabotaging it? Mm. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm like, how is everyone sabotaging this? But I, so I think that, you know, everyone has a different personality type, especially around money. And I tend to be more on the non risky side. So my growth is kind of more like this. Uh, well, you can't see this if you're listening, but it's more gradual. And where a lot of times entrepreneurs, it's like, boom, it's exponential. And so I think from my type, it's been more of like a slow snowball. And that makes me feel safe and comfortable where I think if you get a lot of money fast. Sometimes people don't know what to do with it or they change their lifestyle in big ways or what have you, you know? Uh, so I, I'm more of like a grandma about it, you know, I'm like, let's plan long term. Um, but (laughs) speaking of mentors and, and people who have supported me, that's always been like my number one. I can't Mm. do this alone. I don't know everything slash probably anything. I'm only how many years in, Mm. why don't I learn from someone who has way more experience from me? So taking advice from people who I value their lives, I value their businesses, I value you, um, the way that they are, that's been always key. But for me, uh, when I, and I'll just go like maybe three years back. So when I started 
business mentorship. So that's when I transitioned from doing coaching and consulting from more of a life coaching type of a vibe. Um, sometimes I'd work with entrepreneurs, of course, but it wasn't like, let's talk about the tactics. So yeah. when I moved more towards that, uh, what happened is I knew I needed to have one signature program. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I kept doing what's natural to me, which is the creator, let me create this thing. Let me create that thing. Every time you create a new product or offer, it's like you're creating a new business. Mm-hmm. So I had to get really specific and say, okay, I'm going to grow this one thing. And so I grew what is called the business accelerator, which was my group coaching program. And I said, this is my focus and I'm not going to, you know, grow anything else or create anything else, even though I'm tempted and I'm just going to scale this guy. So what happened is I had to mindset wise, realize that I'm not as important as I think I am in my business and other people that I hire can do just as good a job as me, (laughs) if not better. Um, and so I had to learn to stay in my zone of genius, which for me is generally, um, being creative, being, loving, having good energy, supporting people with my sparkles, like, like that type of a thing. I'm not in my genius when I'm on the back end of WordPress. You know what I mean? In fact, that's when I'm in my anti-genius. So I, first of all, team. So I learned to hire people who could be in their zones of genius to support me and my clients. And specifically, I let other people take the reins and coach my clients with my methodologies. Mm -hmm. And that was scary because I really thought, like a lot of people think, it's, it's I'm the only one who can teach this or I'm the only one that can help person get from A to Z, you know, and it's not true. If you have a methodology that works well, anyone can go in and learn it and teach. Of course, it's not going to be exactly like you and that's okay mm. because you want to leave room to live your life. Like that's a big part of why you have a business to have a great life too. Mm. So I had to learn how to scale with a team. That was a big one for me for ego and also for spaciousness. And I had to learn how to stay focused. So again, with the creator archetype, it was really difficult for me to not create new things all the time. Mm -hmm. So I just focused on my marketing, my lead generation, my sales, my content, all for one thing, which felt a little bit constricting to me as someone who likes to talk about everything to talk about one thing, but it works for profit. So my goal was profit. My goal wasn't to just feel flowery all day and to just hang out and talk about what I wanted. My goal was, Hey, I want to like scale and I want to make this big and I want to help so many more women who are like struggling hardcore and they're so amazing and they need to help more people make more money themselves. So for me, it was scaling with the team, staying focused, and that's really, it's its not as complicated, I think, as that many people think yeah. it is. Like, yeah. I, I think we overcomplicate it, which slows us down. So those are the two main guys that I, that I focused on, and from that, I had a casual six-figure company in that coaching business, and it scaled to seven figures within, geez, timelines aren't my thing, but, like, probably four months, four or five months, just from that focus and running some more paid traffic and stuff like that with the lead gen. But, uh, that's really how it, it kind of spun off. And then that's where the crazy thing happened. You guys, that's when I, I actually had time and space to live my life. Yeah. And so delegated. that's when everything kind of got wild last year when I burnt out, but leading up that's, that was my key. And those were some of the things that I focused on. Delegation. Yeah. I'm excited to delve into the burnout things. I'm going to park that for a second. <laughs> something that a lot of women are feeling but I wanted to um I 
want to talk mm. into that space where you said that like, you've obviously you've got that like you said you've got sparkle you've got a massive heart you've always been a visionary you've got you wanted to be an entrepreneur and there's a lot of women who are listening and they feel like they've got an awesome service they've got an awesome product they know they've got the skills but it sounds like from you you kind of got to a point where you knew to get to that next stage where you are focusing on profit it was just about upscaling like how did, did that come naturally to you or did you have to go and learn how to upscale with like the lead generation or did you go get a mentor? Like how did you go from you and coaching to this multiple six, seven figures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's just not just implanted in my DNA. Can you imagine? Oh, I had, <laughs> I'm test positive for the DNA of scaling. <laughs> Um, so this is, this is a wild one. So I, I had lots of mentors and people who I'm grateful for. You know, I'm the kind of person, if you have a mentor, you didn't get what you thought you got, you wanted, but you got something else. I'm still grateful. So Mm -hmm. I'm always grateful because I'm always learning, but no one was really a business genius. Okay. Like, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. They're like, no, I just need like, I actually need the tactics and strategies. Well, along came the love, the love of my life, my husband, Scott Oldberg. <laughs> and, and happens to be, he's a business genius. And so to be honest with you, it wasn't like some mentor person. It was a couple conversations with my husband. How he's cool. so brilliant. He's been an entrepreneur since he was like seven. He's <laughs> like had been a millionaire since he was a teenager, like back when like no one checked if you were like 18 on PayPal, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'm just like a couple conversations with him and I was like, whoa, no one's told me that. I don't see anyone doing that. And he's like, yeah, because no one's making money and no one's scaling or everyone's struggling. And I'm like, whoa. So a couple combos with him, I learned all this stuff. Boom, put it into place. I tell you, I am like his biggest spokesperson. I'm like, you guys, a couple dinners with Scott Oldford and your life will change. Um, So honestly, that's, that's really what, what helped. I like, he was such a catalyst for me. And for a while, I felt a little weird about that. Like, is this weird? Like my Mm -hmm. husband's kind of helping me is my, my independent nature didn't like that. Like, you know, I want to be the one that's teaching him stuff, not him teaching me. That was the mm, paradigm that I'd been in in relationship in the past. And I was, I was feeling very vulnerable receiving, whoa, you know, I don't know it all. Whoa. You know, I'm learning a lot. This is weird. I'm nervous. I feel awkward, you know, but, but I tell you, I'm so grateful. And so yeah, his expertise and growing lots of seven figure companies really impacted me because I, like I said, don't have the DNA for running paid traffic. (laughs) Totally. Do you know what I love about that? So both Lauren's hubby to be and my hubby, they're both have their own companies and they're both very successful in what they do. And we were just chatting recently about how we're so lucky that our men in our lives are so incredibly intelligent when it comes to business, because Loz and I, like we, we started business together and we totally winged it. Like (laughs) it was like, Oh, I just had a chat with Maddie and Maddie said this to me and Loz would be like, Oh, Dan, like, he's like really innovative. He just thought of this idea and together, like we've built this empire, but I love that you and your hubby Scott have that same relationship. And I guess anyone who's listening, if you have, even it might not be your partner, it might be your brother, it might be dad, it might be just a mate who is male. I think that male energy coming into business, especially us females, is really important. I think there's very, something really, really special about that. 
And um, I know that you really love to talk about masculine and feminine energy too. So I guess my next question for you is kind of going into that. Um, How do you sort of balance that masculine, feminine within yourself? Because that's definitely something I think a lot of women have trouble with in business. Agree. Yeah, I'm learning. You know, I, I, I tend to be more of the person who is polarizing or the pendulum swinging from one side to the other. So I'm either hardcore in the masculine and learning everything about that, or I'm hardcore in the feminine and learning everything about that. I think hardcore in the feminine is an ironic thing to say. I just noticed <laughs> that I'm softcore in the feminine more so. Uh, but I, I noticed that I have to like go to edges to explore where my harmony and where my balance is and what actually works for my physiology and my soul and my yeah. mind. And, and so for me, talking about that burnout point. So I I grew and I had all this time and space. And usually I guess what people would do with time and space when they scaled a company and they had to work like an hour a day is luxuriate, right? Mm -hmm. Not Libby Crow. (laughs) Uh, my, My whole body from being maybe anxious and stressed forever. You know, when you're kind of anxious and stressed, you don't know you're anxious and stressed Mm because you're used to being anxious and stressed. I think that's kind of been my MO since I was little, you know? Uh, And and so what happened is all this time and space, which is the feminine, just led me to kind of collapse. My body realized, oh my gosh, we're not in fight or flight anymore. Oh my gosh, we're safe. We're good. We, you know? And so it kind of just burnt out, I guess. The adrenals were like, game over, dinner, dinner, dinner. like we're, we're done, you know? And I'm like, oh, can't get out of bed. This is alarming. And so I was kind of scared, but I realized, you know, you know, doctor stuff, functional medicine, blah, 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 blah. I'm on that journey right now. But <laughs> what I realized is, holy cow, I've been in the masculine and the doing and the achieving and correlating success to my worth and my lovability and my significance my entire life. Mm. And of course, I knew I was lovable and worthy without my success, but did I really, you know, but did I really, really? So this feminine push that life has made me (laughs) uh, do has been difficult, uncomfortable, and really beautiful. And what I've realized from it is maybe I don't have to go to extremes, you know, and push myself in either direction to find this harmony in the day to day. So now my day might not look like, you know, one hour work or eight hours of work. It's a balance. So maybe I'll work like two, three hours a day and I'm prioritizing myself and my, my, um, my own needs, asking myself always the question, what do I need right now? Sometimes I have to put it in my phone to remind me, but now that's where I I operate from is that question because that's how I'm able to sustain energy and give back and be of service, you know, for the world. It's not just my myself and my Mm. family and my friends. So it's been a journey and I'm still learning so much. I imagine each year that goes by, I'll be wiser and wiser around this whole mm. femme mask yin yang situation. Mm, for sure. I know, um, cause it's hard, isn't it? Especially because we, as entrepreneurs, we do have that mindset where we want to succeed. We want, we're constantly looking for that challenge. And I also know without, tell me if I'm wrong, but without that masculine energy that's pushed you to strive over the last years, do you think you'd have the success that you'd have without having that, mm that force behind you? That's the golden question, right? And people ask me that all the time. Libby, do you think that 
you know, I really need to not hustle or should I be, should I be more feminine in my business? Or do you think I should hustle? Uh, I, one of my friends, you guys know Lori Harder. You guys know her. She's so sweet. She's amazing. She'd be great on, on your show. She and I were talking on her podcast about the same thing. She said, what do you think? Same question Mm -hmm. as you can, can someone succeed without the hustle? I think here's the deal. I think the fact that we're all talking about the fact that we're going to burn, we're burning out or we're tired or we have whatever health issues. I think we're bringing light to this whole movement that, Hey, we can grow and maybe we can even grow fast while still taking impeccable care of ourselves. I, I will say that to take action is a more masculine energy. And in business, often it's taking action. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I love giving things percentages. If I could go back, maybe I do like not 90, 10, 90 masculine, 10 feminine. Maybe I do like 60, 40, and maybe I'd still have the growth that I had. It's hard to say. And I think different personalities, different people operate in different ways and can sustain in different um, circumstances for certain times. But I would say for me, I mean, I don't know if I would have been able to take that action if I was in a more feminine place per se. And and people might argue and say like the being is what creates the doing or whatever. I think I'm still more on the 50-50. I like the doing and the being. I like a good combo pack. I like a good balance there. Yeah. I think we've had it. We spoke about it on a previous episode as well. I think the word that we use was strategic imbalance. I know for mm. Shannon and myself, we're really about, we love we love that feminine energy and we spend most of our weekends in that. I know we have mm-hmm. like, but when it comes to business, we do it in like in seasons. We try and explain to the girls that we're mentoring as well. Like if you're putting the work now, it's not like it's going to be like this all year or even for the next five, 10 years, it might just be a season where you're like, all right, I'm planting the seeds for the next three months and the next three months I'm going to water them. So you get to have, and that's what I love. I think most personally about being an entrepreneur is you get to choose what season you're in and you get to choose when you want to pump up the gas so at the moment for me personally, I'm like, I'm all in in my business, but it's only because I get married in December and I'm going to be my feminine energy <laughs> December in January. So yeah. I'm choosing what season I want to be in. I, like you said, you can't be in that all year round or for the next five, 10 years because you will burn yourself out and our bodies aren't made to do that. Mm. Yeah, I love talking about seasons as well. One of the pictures in my mind that I think of is a tree and you know, a tree in winter loses its leaves. It's not growing. It's just kind of, I don't know. There's a plant word for it. I'm more of a street smart, not a book smart person with words, but it's, it's like not a top, it's like a top, which I don't even know what the word is, but it's when the the tree's not growing. And if you go too hard in growth mode, like you're like, it's spring, it's summer, it's spring, it's summer, it's spring, it's summer. Then you're not, you're not going to grow for a while. So like for the last year I've been in this like winter tree mode where I'm like, I have nothing to grow. Like, I don't care how much you water me. There, there are no sprouts. And, and I think that's where it can get gnarly for people. And, and that's where the pendulum swings a little too hard. So I agree. I think, and, and looking ahead and saying, okay, this season, whew, I'm going to need to, to spend some time in Cabo on the beach, or I'm going to need to have like five spa days a month after this season and just being able to take good care. And I think where the issue comes is when people quit their jobs or they don't have resources that can that can help them stay afloat as a foundation, then they get stuck in summer and spring. They get stuck in survival. Mm. They get stuck in, I don't have a choice. And I think that's where a lot of people can be. And I think that's where it gets a little bit scary in terms of a health 
issue mm-hmm. is that stress and anxiety of survival. Just it, it's like it takes a long time before you feel chill. Totally. And even after that, people usually aren't just chilling unless yeah. they've invested in a certain way and, you know, do, done whatever. But I feel like in our the people who are listening to this, it's going to be some time before mm-hmm. you're just chilling yeah. for for you're just straight up chilling for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think. I think making sure you're taking care of yourself and your resource is so important so this doesn't happen as well. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, in startup phase, it it is going to be hustle. Like I think a lot of people are demonizing the word hustle, but we have to remember business and entrepreneurship isn't, oh, I'm just starting a job and I'm going to clock in. I'm going to do my eight hours of work. (laughs) I'm going to clock out. I'm going to go home. I'm going to cook dinner. Like that ain't entrepreneurship. (laughs) Like there's a lot of pushback to hard work, I think, um, in the beginning phases. Like, you know, Loz and I, we started our business in our like little study nooks, like, you know, and, you know, I think if you have that ambition and you see that this is a long-term thing, that little bit of grind in the beginning is just like, just what you need. It's like that little secret sauce that you sprinkle on top And then like you mentioned, cycles, like be really mindful of a time where you can take a breath and take a step back and then that strategic imbalance dive back into it. Like Loz has mentioned she's doing right now and then pull back. And I think that is very smart business. Um, I mean, business does happen in cycles anyway, right? It's not always going to be like exponentially growing. It's, It's got that beautiful flow. So I love that we've spoken about this. Thanks for sharing your your aspect of it and your journey with your business. <laughs> Absolutely. It's important for people to hear. Yeah. And I know a big mission behind the podcast was to get rid of like the glorified posts where they just see these people mm-hmm. who are traveling and life looks amazing. And they actually know what business looks like behind the scenes. And so for I know a lot of girls who do listen to the podcast, Lots of them are successful in business, but a lot of them are either wanting to get into business or are new to it in their first year or two. I'd love to know, just so they can know they're not alone in what they're going through. When you did start, what did your days look like in the first year or two? Like, where were you spending it? How long were your days? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. By the way, traveling and working is awful for me. So I'm a highly sensitive person like HSP. And when that much stimulation is going on, that much change, it's so hard to focus and for the brain to be able to like follow through on things. I I did it for six months with Scott and I like, that's probably really what burned me out. It's like traveling. Anyway, props to the people who can do it, who are thriving with that. Not, not Libby Crow. So, um, when I look back, I was obsessed with my business. Like it was air to me. I was, I was so into it. Number one, I was learning so much. Like every single day I was like, mind blown, mind blown, mind blown. You know, Mm. everything I was learning, just not even strategically, but interpersonally, like I, I was, you know, getting my full dose of personal development every single day. I'm like, Whoa, I was in the matrix. I'm waking up. This is crazy. So I was obsessed with it because it felt good. And because I was helping people and because it was like, I finally had a vision for my life that made sense. So, you know, when I was teaching, it looked pretty different than when I quit. So when I was teaching, 
wake up in the morning, I would run my coaching groups on Facebook. I'd check my Facebook group, post in it. I'd reach out to like 15 people to see, to start building relationships with people, see how I can help them. Um, and I would check my emails and I'd go teach. And during lunch, I would have like 20 minutes. I'd check in with my group. I'd reach out to people, have conversations, schedule sales calls. I'd go home, I'd work out, I'd eat dinner. I'd check in with my group. I like every single moment I was like, okay. And then I'd learn, like I'd buy a course or I'd watch somebody's YouTube or whatever. Um, I never listened to podcasts until this year. If you can believe it, I know super <laughs> wild, but so I didn't funny. listen to podcasts. So I would watch whatever and, and then repeat, 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 repeat. I was like a machine, but it, it didn't feel like I didn't feel like, oh, I'm a hustler. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was just having a good time and learning a lot and helping people and just just loved it. And then when I quit teaching, was it was actually a little bit harder at first because you have all this time and you're used to doing things in short amount of time. So then I was kind of, I felt a little bit crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what should I be doing with this extra time? I got everything I needed to get done in three hours because that's what I'm used to doing. So then I would fill my time with random stuff that I really didn't need to do, but I felt (laughs) guilty taking that time for myself Mm. because I thought I'm only allowed, I create these rules and equations in my head. I'm only allowed to go walk my dog on a hike when I make this much money or if I do these things. And and it's like the list and the rules kept getting bigger and bigger. So I struggled when I left my teaching job to being full-time entrepreneur in terms of how do I manage my time? How do I not feel guilty by taking time if I haven't hit all my goals yet or whatever (laughs) rule I'd set up? And that was really hard for me to learn. I, I remember back in the day, I took this Smart Success Academy And that really helped me. And I learned that it's okay to take time for myself. I hired soulful life coaches that, you know, helped me work with my own self-talk and, and that really helped. But again, I, I lived and breathed my business. It was all I really cared about. Like I was in relationships, but like, meh. You know, and and I was like a dog mom and of course, like always number one dog mom, but I was really just like, my business is my life and Mm -hmm. it didn't seem hustly. So I think when you're feeling hustly, maybe there's something off because Mm. it felt good. And and maybe people judged me as like, she's so into that or she's so obsessed. I don't even know because I was so into it. I was so focused. So I would say that for me, the hardest parts were learning to work with myself and give myself grace and give myself time to live outside of my business in the first year or two. Mm. That was, that was really difficult for me. And, and to learn not to be so hard on myself because online you might see someone, I had my first, you know, 50 K month. And and they're like, I started my business four months ago. And you're just like, what the, like I've (laughs) I've been working hard. What is this chick doing? And then you compare. So there was a lot of comparison in that first Mm. couple of years. Now it's, it dissipates. It disappears after a while, but I definitely had that. Um, and I was hard on myself, really hard on myself around comparison to people's external success. We don't know if that, that stuff's true. Sometimes people post stuff and it's like, you had to read between the lines and you also can't compare your own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so those are some of the things that I struggled with. A lot of crying, a lot of feeling like I want to give up, a lot of like, am I psycho? I should just go work at anthropology and quit. <laughs> this is insane. Why don't I just like find a billionaire husband? Like I would have crazy thoughts. Like I, honestly, I was just like, this sucks. Like, but at the beginning, 
beginning too, I wasn't well resourced. You know, mm-hmm. again, I, I went from teacher with a ton of debt to like, hello, what's personal branding? <laughs> so I was in the back end of everything. I was figuring everything out on my own. And, and so it wasn't cute at mm-hmm. all, uh, at all. <laughs> I'll say that again. It just wasn't cute, you know, <laughs> and, and it was difficult. And I just kept going because there were examples of people I saw and I said, you know, I can do this if they can. And so I kept reminding myself that I'm capable and I'm willing and I'm the kind of person that will show up uh, mm-hmm. for myself and for other people. You got to have that integrity. And, and also once you pop, you can't stop. It's mm-hmm. like when you find out that this is a thing, why would you want to not like take control of your life and do something amazing that feels good and be on to an adventure and a vision every day? It's kind of like you enter a magical world that you can't turn back on. Okay. So you have those moments of despair and then you remind yourself it's going to be okay. I had some dark times for sure. Like it, it gets hard sometimes mm-hmm. and, and yet put a good community around you you know, hire coaches that you can be vulnerable with, share authentically with your peers and your, your friends and about what's going on. Don't feel weird. They're probably feeling the exact same way. (laughs) They just didn't say it. You have to say it first maybe. And, and it'll be all right. You're going to survive this thing. (laughs) I love that. I just, you know what I love, what about what you just said? I think just surrounding yourself with people that are able to support you with where you're at because let's face it starting a business you have to be batshit crazy to want to do it we're the wild ones it's true (laughs) so you need that support system you need that support system around you Yeah. And the vulnerability, right. That it takes to say, Hey, like I'm struggling or, or even to talk about money, Mm. like, Hey, I had a really hard month financially. Like you have to build that tribe where you feel so comfortable sharing things that are super awkward turtle that you feel like you're melting into a puddle of doom saying out loud. That's even if it's not, (laughs) even if it's not a paid mastermind, but it's something local. There's so much around Venice beach. I don't know about you guys where you live, but there's so many cool little get togethers and you can find your people from those Mm. little things. And, and that's what will help. I mean, my goodness, it's, it can be isolating. So you got to do everything you can to not feel isolated. Yeah. So many golden nuggets in this episode. I'm so grateful that we got to have some soul chats with you. I'd love to know from here, what, what's your definition of success and what's, what's your future vision for you and your brand? Yeah. Oh my gosh. My definition of success has changed so much, probably every month, right? That I get older and like, oh, no, not that, not that. Uh, these days, success to me is is peace, like peace and, and joy. These vibrations feel so good to me. Uh, and and so a lot of that means abundance. Like if we, what creates peace? If we go deeper, like abundance, um, service, growth, nature, uh, quiet, um, healing, self-care, like all these yum, yum things. Right. And then joy. That's like connection, friendship, sisterhood, um, thriving in my marriage and, and all these things. So those two vibrations are my version of success right now. Um, and specifically to me, success looks like it sounds so silly, but just knowing that my purpose doesn't have to be some wild thing. You know, everyone's on the search for their purpose. And it's so funny because it's just 
to, to be, it's just to love. It, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, I help blank do this so they can that. That's my purpose. Yeah, I made it, right? <laughs> it's more so, okay, I'm successful because I know I'm just, me being is enough. So yeah. that's kind of more on the journey I'm in. It sounds a little hippie, but it's really where I'm at and what love feels it. good and, and what I've learned. So that's kind of, that's Libby land in this moment. Love it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for your time, Libby. I have written down so many notes. Um, I'm going to have to listen to this episode over and over again. So I just wanted to say thank you. We're so grateful for you. We love what you've created. And um, I just love how you bring it with your personality and so much authenticity. You really have served us in so, so many ways today. How can we serve you? How can our audience find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, well, you two are treasures. Oh, my gosh. Talk about good vibes. I wish everyone could feel what I'm feeling. You guys are the real deal. Thank you for having me. I'm really easy to find. No one really has the name Libby Crow. So mm-hmm. it's at Libby Crow on Instagram and my website's LibbyCrow.com. Crow like the bird. Love it. We'll make sure we pop that in the show notes, guys. You can click on that. But thanks mm-hmm. again, Libby. And just know you've got some soul sisters from Australia cheering you on and supporting <laughs> you here too. <laughs> Woohoo! We hope you loved today's episode of the Babes Talking Business Podcast. We're loving bringing you these episodes. Our mission really is to share and add value to your week, whether you're a budding entrepreneur or you're a veteran and you've been owning your own business for quite some time. Don't forget, if you're loving our podcast, we would absolutely love and appreciate for you to rate us and drop in some love on the iTunes app by giving us some feedback. We want to do something really exciting and we want to do a shout out of the week every week on our Instagram for anyone who reviews us so please make sure you leave us five sparkly stars and you give us your feedback but don't forget to add your instagram handle or website so that we can shout you out you can follow us on instagram at babes talking business or you can check out our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com you can check out the health style emporium online holistic health program our beautiful sponsors over at www.thehsc.net. All of these links are available below in our podcast notes and on our website. Thanks for tuning in.